Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of Usual. Hey kid. How are you doing over there? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I was not expecting, I just want to tell you this right now and we'll talk about it. I was not expecting to get any sort of social media kind of insight from John Mulaney or his wife. I cannot wait to talk about this. (laughs) Honestly, I know it's probably like the least significant thing we're discussing. I think it's the thing I'm the most excited about. Uh, You know it is for me. (laughs) So as you guys know, every week we're highlighting a Black-owned business. And this week is called 13 Loon. So it's basically an e-commerce beauty website with curated brands by black and brown owners. They have really, really cool things. I'll put all the information in the description, but it's 13loon.com. And then the Instagram is at 13loon. Also remember that every week in the month of May, we're putting in three AAPI-owned businesses. So definitely check those out in the description. Anything else you want to mention or shall we start? I think let's get into it. I know this happened last week, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it. ASAP Rocky and GQ talking about Rihanna. This is also something that I wasn't expecting. Honestly, I don't think he was expecting it. I personally did not think that either of them were going to ever comment on the relationship. Well, honestly, neither did the writer of this article, which we'll get into in a second. And I think that you could tell he was kind of giving some things away in terms of how he feels, but he really wasn't giving away specifics in terms of how they rekindled or any of kind of the details. No, we didn't get a lot of details. I Listen, I think when you're dating Rihanna, there is just no way that somebody could bring her up in conversation and you don't gush over her. Yeah. So it was an interview with GQ titled, ASAP Rocky is the prettiest man alive. Subtext, since being released from Swedish jail in 2019, Raph's foremost fashion darling has been on a journey of self-discovery, musical experimentation, and alongside a certain megawatt pop icon girlfriend, Love, by Samuel Hine. I put in specific quotes in there. I think you just read it word for word. 
I kind of think so too. It feels important for this one. I think I think it is, yeah. Okay, so this is starting kind of with the middle of the article, just a few paragraphs. Rocky's lockdown year was spent seeking out something even more important, himself. I've been experimenting in every field, he says, over chamomile tea with honey. I've been experimenting with style, with rhythm, with sonics, film, food, health, love, life, for real. As the world slowed down, he'd finally had time to find out more about me, he says. He discovered that he's changing. Quote, I'm converted to the change. New world shit. After a stint with sobriety in 2019, last year Rocky returned to smoking copious amounts of kush and dropping LSD, which aided this journey of mind expansion and self-discovery. Change, Rocky is saying, is good. In his love life, though, the change Rocky has experienced is drastic. It's change in the same way that a Mega Millions lottery winner experiences change. Because ASAP Rocky is dating Rihanna. I'm sorry, mic drop. Literally, mic drop. Okay, I'm going back. Rocky knows he probably shouldn't talk about Rihanna, the triple A-list pop star, wildly successful fashion and beauty entrepreneur, and Category 5 cultural hurricane, but he can't help himself. As soon as I bring her up, he starts beaming like a teenager whose crush just accepted his prom invite. I could practically hear the angel singing. Quote, the love of my life, he calls her, my lady. Ah. The exact timeline of their relationship is uncertain, and Rocky won't divulge many details. Rumors about their status began circulating as early as 2013, when Rocky opened for Rihanna's Diamond World Tour. You can see why the global pop culture apparatus and the duo's combined 100 million fans, most of them hers, to be fair, have been attempting to speak their union into existence. They're both insanely hot. They've both got culture-shifting side hustles. They're both fashion oracles. Their coupling feels predestined. What's it like being in a relationship? Quote, so much better, Rocky replies without hesitation. So much better when you got the one. She amounts to probably like a million of the other ones. New world shit indeed. Rocky is among our culture's most unbashed ladies men, but he says he's comfortable embracing monogamy. Quote, I think when you know, you know, she's the one. I ask ASAP Rocky if he's ready to be a father. Quote, if that's in my destiny, absolutely, he replies. I think I'm already a dad. All these motherfuckers are already my sons. What are you talking about? He laughs and then starts choosing his words carefully. Nah, but like, I think I'd be an incredible, remarkably, overall amazing dad. I would have a very fly child. Very. Quote, it's all about evolution, he says of his approach to his long-anticipated new record, tentatively titled All Smiles. Though hesitant to reveal the extent of their collaboration, Rocky hints that Rihanna is listening to and responding to his new work. Quote, I think it's important to have somebody that you can bounce those creative juices and ideas off of. Rihanna, he assures, has absolutely influenced the new music. Quote, it's just a different point of view. Rocky hints that the very fact of his being in a relationship has defined the vibe of the new material. He calls All Smiles a, quote, ghetto love tale, and says that it's, quote, way more mature compared with his previous work, which in context is about as mature as anything coming from a 20-something who brags about their sexual conquests and sick outfits. When Rocky decides to drop the album, which he estimates is about 90% complete when we speak, it could usher in a radical new phase in his life. Rocky the Romantic. <laughs> Do you die? No, that was the best thing ever. I want to read that 10 times again. I cannot even for one second believe we got all of that. I am floored. Honestly, I really, really am. I mean, like they said in the article, he knew he shouldn't be saying it, but he couldn't help himself. I Listen, I get it. I I know that he didn't divulge any actual concrete information. Like essentially what we got was basically what we already knew which was confirmation that they were dating. And we really got that confirmation when we saw them in Barbados together over Christmas. But 
to hear the way he spoke about her, to hear him say she's the one, his lady, the love of his life, that is something that I, I don't even know. I I definitely had no idea that it was maybe as serious or that he really felt that way. I mean, one could assume that anybody who's dating Rihanna would feel that way. But to hear him say it just felt like an out-of-body experience. I think also, though, I don't know if you did this or if any of you guys listening did this, but for me, when this article came out, the first thing that I did was go back to the GQ video that came out in August of last year. You guys remember we talked about it on the podcast. And what we were saying was the chemistry between them was just so undeniable and so kind of intoxicating. And when you go back to me, it just makes so much sense because at that time they were not romantically linked. There was always speculation just because there has been for the last eight years, but they definitely seem to be quote platonic. And so I guess having that and going back, you just see that this chemistry really has always been there for them. I always go back to that video because there's one moment in it in particular, and I definitely have spoken about it on the podcast and spoke about it when it came out. But that moment when they're talking about favorite red carpet looks and she asks what his favorite red carpet look of hers is and she, and he throws out some random event that was not one of her like main iconic looks or ones that people are speaking about on on lists of Rihanna's best looks. You know what I mean? Like where you can pull one off that's one of the typical ones. And he had such a specific answer that was so not what anybody was expecting and that he pulled out so quickly. And I was like, that's exactly what Rihanna needs. Somebody that can be asked that question and answer it with no hesitation and give an honest answer based on his own taste and what he knows about her. And I, ever since he said that, I was like so on board with them being together. I just feel like when we have spoken about this in the past, we've always kind of fantasized about them really being the forever couple because we see the chemistry. Obviously, they're both so successful and intelligent and hot and a million other things. But I guess just hearing him talk about it like this really confirmed that to me. And I, I remember we talked about it. We were like, is this it? Like, are they going to get married? That would be so wild, even though it's something we've always wanted. But I think we always had to kind of bring ourselves down because we thought that we were being too fantasy oriented. I know, but hearing him speak, maybe we're not. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what Rihanna wants. We're definitely only hearing one side of this. And as I'm sure she's so in this right now. But I feel like with Rihanna, you never really know what she's thinking in terms of long term. I can't explain it because, you know, it's Rihanna and how do you get inside Rihanna's head? But there's a part of me that's like, okay, he's in love with Rihanna. Duh. She's the one. Duh. And she's like, "Hmm, I don't know. We'll (laughs) see. (laughs) Well, I think in general, that just speaks to kind of the way that she is perceived by. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I don't know, you guys. I do not know, but I will tell you that when this article came out, Julie and I absolutely lost it because it was everything we had ever wanted for them seemingly coming true. And I think just in general, the fact that he was willing to kind of put his heart out there and say how he felt to me confirms that it must be mutual on some level. Oh, it's absolutely mutual. I just mean in terms of the way I kind of guess I'm looking at it through like the prism of Drake. (laughs) where Drake was always professing his love for her and she was kind of like, okay, yeah, I guess. Like, I'll do things with you. I'll write songs with you, but like, I'm never going to publicly admit my feelings the way that you are like fawning all over me. And I guess that's just always how I view like the power dynamic of Rihanna in relationships. That's actually really funny when you think about it. Right? I I wonder what Drake's thinking about this. Oh, I would 
I am, there's no piece of information I want more than what is Drake thinking about this. That's actually, yeah, that's going to go up there now to me and top things that I want to know. Kind of like his reaction to reading this article or somebody telling him about what was said. Every time we talk about this, I'm like in my own head and I'm like, don't bring up Drake. You don't need to bring up Drake. Drake doesn't need to come up in conversation when you're talking about ASAP and Rihanna. He has nothing to do with it. And then everything else, I'm like, well, when you think about Drake. (laughs) Well, but because it makes your point actually made so much sense in terms of that's the only, not only other, but that's another really famous, really public relationship she's been in when somebody on the receiving end is talking about it. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll keep you guys posted on that, but- very, very exciting. I know it happened last week, but we need to talk about it. Yes. In other relationship news, also a continuation from last week and I think the week before, JLo and Ben Affleck in Miami. We will talk about it in a second, but I just want to go on record and say, Julie, I know we had been speculating a little bit as to whether or not this was PR, more so from JLo's side, just because I think her entire goal and her team's goal was to like rid the public's memory of A-Rod and everything that had gone down. I am Right now, in this moment, I could be wrong. I think it's the real deal. I was actually thinking about this today when that picture of the watch came out, which I'm sure we'll get into in a second. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I don't know if I can get on board with thinking this is 100% true yet as much as I want to, but I wanted you to get on board with it. I am so on board. I have arrived. Like, I felt like my skepticism was rubbing off on you. And I was like, oh, I can't have that. I need her to like fully believe it. <laughs> it does happen sometimes because I, I recognize that it can sound a little bit naive, but a combination of what we're seeing and also what we've been hearing, I just really think it's happening. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw this. They were spotted together in Miami. Apparently, he took a red eye down to be with her at her new house early in the morning. There were a few paparazzi photos of them kind of leaving and They seem to both be really happy, but it wasn't until a few hours after the photos came out that fans realized that the watch that he was wearing in the photo was the same watch that she gave him while they were filming Jenny from the Block, the music video. And I don't know if that's the moment that it hit me or what it was, but then I just, their history started swirling in my mind. And I was like, you guys, I think this is happening. I, it's the craziest thing to me. I mean, The watch thing was so funny to me. I can't even explain why because I can't decide whether it was just like the sweetest, most sentimental thing that he kept this watch all of these years as a symbol of their relationship. And now that they're back together, he found it in his storage locker and took it out and started wearing it again. Like, Or if it was just like the J-Lo Ben Affleck costume department pulled this watch back out after all these years and told him to wear it. Like, I, I don't know where I am in my mind in terms of how this is working, but I guess... If it is real, the idea that this is something that neither of them ever got over and specifically he never got over is very sweet to me. Yeah. And you want to know something? The way that I feel about the watch is I kind of don't care. I don't care if they had to go through the archives to find it. I don't care if he's had it in his night table drawer for the last 19 years. The fact that that happened is all I could ever want, honestly. No, I so, so, so agree with you. This is the part of the celebrity world that it feels like just like we're living in a simulation. I understand a lot of people maybe felt that they had unfinished business, but it still just feels very exciting. I feel like if you view it through the prism of watching it play out like it's a rom-com and it's not even a little bit real life, it makes it so much more enjoyable. So much more enjoyable. I don't want to pretend that any of this stuff is real life. It's. I mean, this specifically is so crazy to me. Like, It really is just a wild thing that we watch this happen where 
a couple of weeks ago, we were like, a- not weeks ago, months ago, we were like, A-Rod and J-Lo, like, they're the number one couple. They are the power couple of a lifetime. We can't believe how great they are. And then all of a sudden, we have just, A-Rod is a thing of the past, and now it's Ben Affleck back in the picture. Like, how does that even remotely happen? As two people who spend their lives analyzing celebrity news, relationship, dating, all of that stuff, you couldn't have asked for a better thing. Here's my thing, though, honestly. The one element of it that I will stick to feeling like was very kind of PR focused was just how her and her team probably wants the A-Rod thing to go away as quickly as possible based on the embarrassment with the Madison stuff, whatever. Like, I really do think that they're trying to bury this A-Rod story in the eyes of the public as much as physically possible. And if I heard myself say that a few weeks ago, I would have been like, well, that's an impossible task. Like, get something that's a little more realistic. And in this moment, I'm looking at these photos and I almost feel bad for how quickly I forgot about A-Rod. I mean, hey, what works, works, right? It works. That watch works. And they look hot together and I'm here for it. I don't feel bad for how quickly I forgot about A-Rod because it's not like he was the innocent party. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm not like sending him an edible arrangement. I'm just saying like in general, I don't know if it's the best thing in the world that two people are in this very long-term, serious, committed relationship and all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, and fuck that guy, you know? Edible arrangements. He's just, <laughs> he could send him an edible arrangement. He's not the victim in this. Like he's he obviously screwed up, but I think that an edible arrangement would be a little bit comforting for him right now. <laughs> Honestly, you're probably right. Some like Sherry's berries or whatever it's called. But you know what? Here's what? what we would do. If we sent Aaron an edible arrangement, we would send it to him, but he just wouldn't get any chocolate covered strawberries. So it's like we're thinking about you, but you don't deserve it. Right, right. It's a very important caveat. Once you add the chocolate, it really does kind of up the game in terms of your commitment level. Oh, 100%. Okay, let's take a break and let's come back with John Mulaney, yes? Yes. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So I think it's two weeks ago that we first announced that John Mulaney had filed for divorce from his wife, Anna Marie Tendler. And we talked about that, the initial shock. 
last week we're talking about the Olivia Munn rumors and her reflecting on how they met multiple years ago, all that kind of stuff. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that we would get any sort of insight into what's going on in his ex-wife's mind. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but she posts two things on social media this weekend. The first is a photo of her alone at the dining room table with the caption dinner in March. And you can see she's looking really upset. The second one, she reshares Olivia Rodrigo's post about her album and writes, Hey bestie, want to hang out? And then an asterisk, listen to this album on repeat all summer. The reason I'm happy she posted that is because I keep seeing tweets all over and I'm sure you've all seen them. That's like, if this Olivia Rodrigo album had come out when I was in middle school, it would have been over for everybody. Like if this Olivia Rodrigo album came out when I was younger, like I don't even know what I would have done. And power to Anna Marie Tendler for being like, I am an appropriate age and I'm going to listen to this Olivia Rodrigo album and let me be in my feels about it. Yeah. She's like, I am 35 years old and I'm still going to cry from this 18 year old's album. Yeah. Let her break those age barriers. Yes. And I love every second of that. By the way, it's so fitting. This is social media content. I mean, specifically the Olivia Rodrigo thing, the picture of her alone at the dining room table was so telling. Obviously the caption is about being alone in March. Um, and that was very telling that was going through, but it was done in kind of an artistic way that like I felt was very representative of her or what I know about her. The Olivia Rodrigo thing just caught me completely off guard. Well, because I don't really know the best way to put it because I don't think there's anything wrong with her doing it. Like I think she's just expressing how she feels. And obviously John seems to have, you know, a bigger platform. And especially if he's doing comedy, I'm sure he's going to allude to it. And so this is kind of her form of expression, which I totally support. But I think there's a part of the Olivia Rodrigo element that feels, I don't want to say petty because I don't view it to be petty, but if I'm comparing the two, like more petty in a way, do you know what I mean by that? Right. It's right. Like it's, it's petty without a negative connotation attached to it because it's like, first of all, obviously you can tell that she was upset about the situation and, and her announcement of what went on or in her statement that she gave to the press it was about being surprised about him filing divorce for divorce. She's obviously putting this kind of on him and he is very quickly in a new relationship after the announcement of the divorce. So if her one way to express herself in all of this is to post an Olivia Rodrigo thing on her story, that is the most harmless thing that I could possibly ever imagine. I just think that I was not expecting her to express herself in that way. But again, I, I really recognize now that I guess I don't know that much about her as an entity separate and apart from John's stand-up and the relationship that they had together. So I don't know if that's necessarily out of pocket or out of character. But I just wasn't expecting it. And I was like almost pleasantly surprised to see her finding her own voice in this. Yes, that's how I felt. You're so right. Petty without the negative connotation. And I also think there's an element to it that is weirdly relatable in a way. Like, Yes, obviously, most people can't relate to their famous husband filing for divorce and then dating Olivia Munn a few weeks later, but most people can listen to that Olivia Rodrigo album and find a sense of relatability and remember a time where they felt kind of fucked over. And that's kind of what's going on here. Right, exactly. Yes. I don't know. You know, we, we honestly, we should have known that. I don't want to say we should have known, but we maybe should have expected it a little because do you remember when we were reading the divorce statement? 
we said it was surprising and not bad surprising, just surprising because most people make it seem more mutual, surprising that she kind of alluded to the fact that she was stunned by this. Right. I do believe that if you feel that you are wronged in a situation, like, and truly feel you are wronged, that you should not have to hide that for the sake of the other person's publicity or uh, reputation. Like, she felt wronged by this, and she put out a statement that reflected that. And I have zero issue with that, truly. I don't, I think that there's this expectation, especially in Hollywood, well, because where else would you be giving a divorce announcement. But I think there's this expectation that when you announce the divorce, it always has to be this really joint amicable statement. And maybe that comes from the fact that they didn't have kids, so they don't really have anybody to quote protect in this situation. But I appreciate the fact that this was just honest. I mean, yeah, because I can't imagine that there's anything more frustrating than so badly wanting to emote or wanting to express your feelings and then almost being silenced as a result of your more famous partner's career. Not that that was going on here, but that does happen all of the time. And I'm kind of glad that she did this. I I agree with you. And I really don't think it can be highlighted enough how much them not having kids is probably influencing her. Not even, I don't want to say speaking badly because it's not speaking badly, but kind of speaking out at all. Whereas I just often think that when you have children, your response is a little bit more catered to them. And it's kind of like, well, fuck everyone else. Right, like you want to put something out that ref- that they can look back on and feel okay about both of their parents. And when that doesn't happen, you're able to be a little bit more honest and speak your truth. And the fact of the matter is, listen, I've never been divorced, but from what I hear, it's not so great. Like divorce fucking sucks. And if you are going to go through it and you want to put out something that reflects the honesty of that situation, then I think there's probably a lot of people out there that's like, wow, how refreshing to see a situation where two celebrities got divorced and they're not just faking it and acting like every single thing is fine. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I appreciate it. And and also I think it's important to note that you say that as like a very, very big John Mulaney fan. Oh, of course. And I think you can still, that's a whole other conversation too, because I think that there's also this idea that floats around where when a celebrity that you like does something that you don't necessarily approve of, it means that you have to like that celebrity less. Like we don't know what went on in this relationship. And I don't think that I I don't think that a divorce or finding out that somebody was wronged in a divorce means that you necessarily have to stop being a fan of that person. I just think you're just getting a more honest, intimate look into their lives. And also being a fan of somebody means the ability to criticize their actions if it needs to be the case. So I think that it is a really good lesson for people who are looking at this situation to be like, okay, I can still appreciate this person that I really like as a comedian and appreciate his art and also recognize that like he has shit going on in his private life that I'm not privy to and also I may not agree with. Right, completely. And if the roles were reversed and the, I guess, idea was that it was more on her that you would be able to feel also like he should be able to express himself in whatever way he wants. I think you just have to make sure that it's and you do this, but I'm kind of just speaking more generally to all of us. Like we have to just make sure that it's really kind of reciprocal in our approach. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs. 
whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, the BBMAs, which I really don't want to spend much time on. I just quickly want to talk about Drake and Pink. I would love to. I think that's all we need to talk about. I mean, there were some fun performances. People looked great. Like, we could talk about those things. But I think the highlight and the most important things were Pink and Drake. And SZA and Megan Fox. First of all, SZA is always to die for. I am quite literally a SZA stan. And by the way, I guess we could talk about Megan Fox for like one minute because it would feel inappropriate not to. Well, did you see the video? I think you may have sent it to me where – MGK was posing with his awards backstage and there's a video of her. We'll put the link in the description. Somebody just took it of her and she's watching him and kind of just filming him on her phone. And you see she's uncontrollably smiling. It's kind of like she's looking at him and she just can't help herself but be so happy to be there. And so I was glad that I saw that because when you just look at them on the red carpet, you're like, wow, she looks so hot and they are such a hot couple. But then this was such kind of like a sweet, side that we don't maybe see as much. And I just appreciated the balance of those. Is she the new A-Rod, but better? A-Rod could never. No, as we have learned. Yes. Like could never. never. She looked to die for. But that's a thing here. Here's my thing. The way that she looked, the way that SZA looked, those are the kind of looks that I think are so perfect for a BBMA red carpet. You know, are you going to wear that to the Oscars? Probably not. But that is the type of outfit and that is the type of energy that I'm so excited celebrities are bringing. Me too. I had so much fun last night. <laughs> I, I know you did. I wasn't I wasn't able to watch it, but Julie and Isabel were like live texting it. And at the same time when Drake brought out his son, I didn't know what was going on because I didn't have a TV where I was. And they're just texting, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I was like, what? Can somebody tell me what is happening? I didn't even have enough service to Google it. And at the same time, they were like, Drake brought out his son. And I could just feel it from the text, your excitement. It was really one of the sweetest moments I've ever seen. To watch Drake walk out and accept this Artist of the Decade Award, which is so deserving, specifically in terms of the BBMAs because of his record there, because of his Billboard chart records. But to watch him walk out and accept this award, and his son is just clinging to his leg, I you couldn't have made it up. I fe- I felt like I dreamt it at one point. And then when he lifts him up to like say like, and I'm dedicating this to you too, and he's hysterically crying on on stage. I'm like how? How am I getting all of this content right now? And I am I know for a fact that every single other person felt the exact same way. And I'm so excited for his son in 10 years to look back on that video. Me too. Yeah, it was, it was really something special. And also because, you know, let's not forget that when Drake 
first had his son, the narrative was not nearly what it is now. You know, there was kind of this idea that he was very resentful to the fact of it, which I know is a terrible thing to say, but it's just the truth of what was kind of being talked about. And so just to see his pride of being a father, which of course is what you should be, but it was really beautiful, especially because in the eyes of the public, that is not how this journey started. And I think that that's just a true fact. Yeah. I've seen a lot of conversation about that on Twitter. Um, and I actually saw a tweet that specifically was talking about the Pusha T aspect of it, where Pusha T was the one who obviously told everybody that Drake had a kid, that Drake was kind of keeping a secret. And I think what the narrative that somebody or a lot of people on Twitter were saying was like, Pusha T just told the world about it. Like maybe Jake Drake being public with his son was a result of Pusha T telling everybody. But when you watch Drake's son like cling to his leg like that, like that is just 100% fatherhood. That doesn't come from somebody exposing you. That comes from being a dad. Yeah, first you can't fake it. I mean, that's the thing that we always say with toddlers. We were having this conversation last week about something totally separate. Like they are not in on this kind of front that a lot of people try to act. And so that was a very real vulnerable moment that could not have been recreated. Yeah, of course. Also, Pink was the recipient for the Icon Award. And you guys should watch this clip because Bon Jovi presented her with the award. And it was so funny because she basically says to him, like, I was in love with you and you broke my heart when you got married. She's like, I was eight years old. I ripped your poster off the wall. She was like, I'm very glad that you found lasting love, but you broke my heart and I take this as an apology. And that was kind of like when we were talking about Carol King presenting Taylor Swift with the award, and I think the AMAs a few years ago, that was the kind of energy here. Like, do you, I can't imagine what that must've felt like to be pink. No, I can't either. I was just in my head being like, if, if Justin Bieber ever presented me with an award, I'd have to be like, oh, I was 22 and I ripped your poster off my wall. <laughs> Literally, though. It's actually similar to Justin Bieber and Billy. Yes, very much so. Oh, you know, I cry every time you mention that. Yeah, but that's a perfect kind of analogy. I think that is one of my favorite things about Hollywood in general is just when you get to a point of mutual admiration with people that you grew up with that you never ever thought that they would be as excited about you as you are about them. And there are so, so many examples and cases of that happening. And I think every single time it does, it is so beautiful and amazing to see because it never loses that magic or that spark of somebody being like, I grew up with you and now you're presenting me with this award or I grew up with you and now we're collaborating on a song together. Like that is just special no matter what. It is. And I think that what's even more special is when they get to publicly explain what that moment means to them. Yeah, definitely. So I'm sure you guys have seen this by now. We were honestly kind of just waiting, thinking that maybe something else would transpire and we could talk about it all together, but nothing really has. So we just want to at least explain what we know thus far. And I first just want to give a trigger warning for suicide. But this is the Chrissy Teigen, Courtney Stodden situation. And really quick refresher for anybody who's not familiar, Courtney Stodden first kind of became famous back in 2011 when... They were 16 years old and they married 51-year-old actor Doug Hutchinson. This was a crazy thing. I mean, I remember, do you remember watching those YouTube videos so closely because you couldn't believe that was happening? I actually don't at all. Really? Yeah, not at all. I don't know if that's something that I did and just forgot about or I never did in the first place. Oh, I was so in on that because I remember just thinking that Courtney's parents were 
kind of morally corrupt is the way that I remember feeling as when I was watching that as a kid. Yeah, I have like zero recollection. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, I guess when I think about it, I was 17 at the time and I was imagining if I came to my parents and said I wanted to marry a 51-year-old person, if they would sign off on that for me. And it was just a crazy time. So anyway, for anybody unfamiliar, you can go back and watch those. But recently, Courtney spoke about kind of some of the bullying that she endured as a result of Chrissy saying, quote, she wouldn't just publicly tweet about wanting me to take a dirt nap, but would privately DM me and tell me to kill myself. Things like, I can't wait for you to die. And back in March, she had posted some other tweets that Chrissy had said to her, not private messages, public messages, but saying things like, my Friday fantasy, you, dirt nap, things like that. And the story kind of got traction and Chrissy posted an apology on Twitter. I'm going to read it saying, not a lot of people are lucky enough to be held accountable for all their past bullshit in front of the entire world. I'm mortified and sad at who I used to be. I was an insecure, attention-seeking troll. I'm ashamed and completely embarrassed at my behavior, but that's nothing compared to how I made Courtney feel. I've worked so hard to give you guys joy and be beloved, and the feeling of letting you guys down is nearly unbearable, truly. These were not my only mistakes and surely won't be my last as hard as I try, but God, I will try. I've tried to connect with Courtney privately, but since I publicly feud all of this, I want to also apologize. I'm so sorry, Courtney. I hope you can heal now knowing how deeply sorry I am. And I'm so sorry I let you guys down. I will forever work on being better than I was 10 years ago, one year ago, six months ago. And then after, Courtney accepted the apology and kind of forgave Chrissy on Instagram, but then said, I've never heard from her, her camp in private. In fact, she blocked me on Twitter. All of me wants to believe that this is a sincere apology, but it feels like a public attempt to save her partnership with Target and other brands who are realizing her wokeness is a broken record. That that Courtney is referencing is the fact that Cravings, which is Chrissy's cookware line, has been pulled from Macy's. And the thing is, it had been previously reported that it was pulled from Target, but then a rep for Target said that it was decided in December before any of this came out that they were no longer going to carry it. So I don't know the specifics there, but that's kind of everything that has taken place up until now. Am I missing anything? No, I think that's it. I mean, my thing about it, honestly, is like we were saying before, no matter if you're a fan of somebody or not, I think it's really important to be able to call out and what they did is just objectively wrong. And I just think no matter who you are and no matter what great qualities you have, telling somebody to kill themselves is just never acceptable. Like end end of discussion. There's no justification. There's nothing that can be said to kind of make that any better. And I just think that like she's saying, you know, she's being held accountable in front of the entire world. And I think that people can grow and can change. And I'm glad that Courtney has voiced this and has kind of explained the way that they're feeling, but it's a dark thing. I mean, what, what do you say about that? There's nothing that anybody can really say to kind of defend that type of behavior, in my opinion. No, you can't. And it's, it's really, really awful. And I think for a lot of people seeing those tweets was very, very disturbing. And knowing that those were things that were even said, I know a lot of the time we talk about tweets and old tweets and things being uncovered. A lot of what we say is like, oh, it just aged poorly or, oh, that was kind of okay to say at the time. And, you know, now we obviously look back on it and we're like, oh, that's, this is something that like, it doesn't matter how much time has passed. It was never okay to say, and it will never be okay to say. So there's, there is, you're right. There's just zero justification for this. Yes. And I also think the irony of all of this, that is not specific to this situation. This happens all the time is that in an effort to kind of feel vindication or to kind of like get back at Chrissy for something that was objectively wrong and can't be defensed, 
the entire focus of mental health and the message that was initially brought up in this entire discussion of like, that is so wrong to say to somebody, then that is used against Chrissy. And I think even Courtney would say, that's not the goal either, right? Like you can be able to condemn somebody's actions, something that they said in the past without then wishing suicide on them. And the amount that I have seen that online is actually alarming. And to me just completely takes away from the core of the issue. Cause it's like, yeah, let's totally say that what this person did was seriously wrong and they can and should go grow from it. Absolutely. But wishing suicide on them is not helping anybody. That's actually just making it worse for literally everyone. Yeah, I totally, totally, totally agree. Especially somebody who's been really, really open about their own mental health struggles and having had a really awful year. Again, that's 0% defense. It is 100% wrong and there is no defending what Chrissy said or what went down. And I'm not okay with any of that by any means. I just think to take enjoyment in knowing that you're wishing something, you know, awful on that person as well as just it's it's counterproductive here. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for Courtney and I don't know if they feel as though Chrissy speaking out about it is at all helpful or is at all kind of, you know, makes it a little less painful. I don't know, but I just hope that Courtney finds a sense of peace um, in in the coming times because, you know, Chrissy aside, that was a really, really dark time. I mean, that guy was a fucking asshole, that Doug Hutchinson. First of all, any 51-year-old that is actively trying to marry a 16-year-old is disgusting in my book, first of all. But second of all, the reaction from the world was vicious. And so that was just one of many. And I'm sure that, yes, Courtney has made a lot of questionable decisions, but I don't know the toll that that takes on somebody. So I just don't really feel like it's fair to judge. Yeah, I so, so agree. Yes. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, not as they really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. I want to start out with Scott's birthday, not because anything was so revolutionary, but let's just talk about what we know. First of all, we know it was at his house. We know that both Amelia and Courtney were there, but that Travis wasn't. And then we know that apparently the party favors were those ridiculous iced out Rolexes and necklaces that Chloe, I don't know what type of money she was being paid to promote those Lux VVS jewelers in the way that she was. I don't know either because it seems odd to have somebody come to your birthday party and then have them promote so that you can give away giveaways, but I guess that's just how Scott does it. Was that real or were they joking? 
No, I think it was real. It was really, um, (laughs) this whole thing was a really bizarre, I don't know if you guys saw Amelia's story, but she had posted that she was there, but then she also posted a video kind of of them together. He was kissing her on the cheek. And I was just imagining like Courtney witnessing that. I don't know. I just was wondering about the dynamics of all of it. It was a very interesting, um, mind game to play. I was too, but I have to say, and I think you know what I'm going to say here, the sheer fact that Courtney was there made me so much happier than I can even explain to you. When I saw that photo that she did and you could tell that the background was the party, I was like, okay, we can sleep all tonight. I don't know why I am so obsessed with the dynamic of like the whole family because I feel like for the past couple of weeks or so, it's kind of shifted where like my thoughts on is Scott in a bad place with the family? Is he in a bad place with Courtney? Like has been really changing a lot. And I think I've come to the conclusion recently that like, okay, he's fine with the family. Courtney, we were still a little iffy on and we definitely got confirmation today. But now any single time he comments on any of their stuff, they comment on his, they post together. I'm like, oh my God, thank God. Like I feel peace, which I'm like, I don't know why I keep doing this if I keep getting confirmation of everything being fine. (laughs) That does happen to you a lot. I've noticed it as well. You would think I was a child of divorce, but I'm not. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Did you also see this? I know it's kind of unrelated, but there was this men's health article talking about Travis and it said, one day Travis Barker would like to get on an airplane again. He won't know when it's coming, but he has an agreement in place with someone very close to him. They'll tell him to be ready to go in 24 hours and Barker will know exactly what for. He'll pack an overnight bag and get in a car that will take him to an airport where he'll board a plane for the first time since 2008 when doing so changed the course of his life. Wow. What do you think? I mean, you know what I think. I could never even – I can barely imagine getting on a plane now, like, without having just full-on anxiety. So for him, I just – I don't know how he's going to do it. But if he's willing to take that step and Courtney's the person that's going to help him and, and he's ready to do that, then I'm all for that for him. You know, I have to say that I don't know if I can think of, and there could be something, I just can't think of it. And again, I don't know them personally. I cannot think of something that could be more bonding for the two of them or more vulnerable for him to do with another human being. Like, I think to me, that would be really one of the most solidifying forces I could ever try to envision for them together. I think that when you literally narrowly escape death to then put yourself in harm's way again, just shows the level of comfort and safety that you feel with that person you're choosing to do it with. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. Also, I say that it's Courtney because I think it's Courtney, but he's never actually confirmed it. But the way that article made it sound, I just feel like it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. Also, did you guys see this whole thing with Kylie and the open relationship thing? Because basically the Daily Mail had posted an article that said, Kylie Jenner and rapper Bo Travis Scott rekindled their romance, but are now in an open relationship less than two years after split. And she posted and wrote, you guys really just make up anything. And then said, I'm not discrediting anyone who's in an open relationship, but it's just careless and disrespectful to throw this narrative out there without knowing what's true. So can you tell us what's true? Yeah, but also she never speaks on this shit. Every so often, she'll really surprise me with a couple of tweets, and it usually has to do with things regarding Travis, I think, or things regarding her personal relationship. There's a lot of things she lets go. I find that every so often, she'll be bothered enough by something that she'll feel the need to speak out about it. She does. And you're right. It is often Travis-related because I think, again, going back to 
the John Mulaney thing, in a way, I think it's more so because of Stormy. Like, I don't know if they didn't have Stormy together, if she would feel the need to clarify some of these things. Right. Or they are together and they're just together and she wants to protect her, whatever the perception of her own relationship is. Yeah, that too. It's funny how she had to come back out and say, like, I'm not discrediting any people that choose to be in an open relationship. Because, of course, people took that as if her shitting on the concept of it, which they weren't. (laughs) Right. It's so classic. It's so classic, right? Beyond, yes. Also, you guys, this Larsa Pippen situation is out of control. I'm not going to read this all because it is so much. But remember a few months ago with Malik Beasley, how he basically left his wife and the newborn child to have this fling with Larsa Pippen? So this guy has the nerve to come back to social media and post a photo of him, his wife, and the newborn baby and basically write this letter to her saying, you know, I'm so sorry for putting you in a situation where you were put last. My head wasn't where it was supposed to be. I was looking for more. It was right in front of me the whole time. Da 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 Montana then posts something. Montana is his wife on her story tagging Larsa saying, you know, your threats over here, try them somewhere else. You really need to be put in check or something. Da 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 this whole thing. Larsa comes back firing at her with, I mean, some intensity, basically saying, you know, when I thought about him and how he treated your child, he's not the type of man I wanted around mine. Any man who would deny his child and then leave the mother penniless is not a real man. He cried entirely too much. He's cheap. But then again, you never saw any alimony. So you already know that. Whew. Messy. It's so messy, you guys. You can read it if you want. I'm not going to bore anyone with reading the whole thing, but it's like a lot of text from all three of them and they are just not letting up. Yeah, I think Hollywood Unlocked on Instagram has all of them if you want to like look at all of the text. But yeah, it's just messy. I also have to say something that made me laugh and I cannot even explain why is in his initial post when he writes, like, I'm not looking to be judged. I'm looking for forgiveness. Like, Every single person who's ever come out with an apology like that has been like, I'm not looking for forgiveness. I just want to explain myself. Like he straight up was like, I, I don't want to be judged. I'm just looking for your forgiveness. <laughs> no, his entire post, I'm sorry. Like, sure, given the benefit of the doubt, he really wants to make this work and he's having regrets, fine. The fact that he wants to come and say, you know, how could I miss what was right in front of me? If I were her, and again, I don't know what I actually would do. I get they have a kid, blah, blah, blah. I would be like, Get the fuck out of here. In the middle of a pandemic, you leave to go be with Larsa Pippen and walk around the mall holding hands with your mask half on while they the entire world knows that me and your baby are at home? Go fuck yourself. This guy's, I bet you Chloe hired this guy as a paid actor to make Tristan look good. With your mask half on. That is so classic. <laughs> you remember those photos? Oh my God, um, that is so, so funny. <laughs> yes, that whole situation was just wild. And I cannot even a little bit believe that somehow we're still talking about it. No, I can't either. It's just too much. It really is too much. But again, I think the theme of today's episode is edible arrangements. And just let me tell you something, Julie. Tristan is sending him one with the chocolate covered strawberries. Am I right or am I right? You are right. (laughs) Okay, last thing. And this is actually about Tristan. So Tomer Friedman, who's a real estate agent, posted Tristan's house in Encino saying it was on the market. I initially saw this on Not Skinny But Not Fat story, but people basically noticed that the wallpaper matched his house because they saw it in the last episode of Keeping Up. It's seven bedrooms, seven and a half bathrooms, 10,000 square feet, and is on the market for $7.9 million. So make of that what you will. I don't know if that means he's moving. I don't know if that means he's moving in with Chloe, but 
just an interesting piece of information that we wanted to float around to everyone. I really wonder if he's moving into the new house. Maybe I, I don't think that new house is ready yet. I don't think they've moved in. So maybe the timing of it is that he's selling his house now to be able to move in when the house is ready. Could you imagine? I guess I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I actually totally could imagine. <laughs> I guess I just felt like Chloe, again, we're totally making this up because who knows, maybe he's moving somewhere else. But I guess I just felt like Chloe wanted him to maintain another residence kind of in a way because like the permanence of them moving to in together without him having another place maybe scared her, but maybe they've worked through it. I don't know. I don't know. And I guess, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about the way they move being so chaotic, like the whole Kardashian family, just the way they go from house to house is so undesirable. So I guess maybe from Chloe's point of view, she was like, oh, just let him sell the house. He can always get another one because that's how we all do it here. Right. Very possible, honestly. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Anything else you want to mention about anything? I think that's it, kid. I think so too. Well, we love you guys. Also, just a scheduling note. I actually have a statement and then a question. The first thing is next week, Monday is Memorial Day and our producer is not working. So we are going to be releasing the episode on Tuesday. But second of all, just out of curiosity, please DM us and let us know your opinions on this if you feel comfortable. Would you guys rather the episodes go up on Monday nights as they normally do around 6 p.m. We try for earlier, but realistically, it doesn't normally happen just because of the process of it all. Or would you rather them go up on Tuesday mornings? Either way, totally fine. But we just want to gauge public interest because we get different mixed feedback. And I wish I could send out kind of like a survey link, but just DM us your thoughts on that and not making any rash decisions, but just want to see what people think about all of that. And that's it. We'll see you on Thursday for Kardashians, Friday for Bravo, and check out the AAPI-owned businesses in our description. And we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile it helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.